Well, praise the Lord and welcome to another Romans teaching. Today we're digging into chapter 4 a little bit further. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I'm glad you've joined us today. Uh, whatever day it might be for you, uh, today right now is December the 3rd. 2018, and this is part 10 of chapter 4 in the book of Romans, and I encourage you, uh, bring up your Bible there online at your computer or open your Bible, whatever the case may be. Follow along. Let yourself look at the Word of God to, to follow along to make sure we're not just making things up and going along as probably many, many, many people do today. So uh, I just want to encourage you to to avail yourself to what's taking place on all the uploads at our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Every worship service we do, all the Galatians teaching that are presently ongoing on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock live right here on my Facebook page, Pastor Curtis Facebook page, that is. And uh, everything we do is uploaded to that Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube page. So go there, avail yourself to that, subscribe, follow, and every time we upload something, you'll get a little ding, and there it'll be. Click on it, and there you'll go. Whether it's uh, live or whether you wait uh, uh, two weeks, two years to listen to it, it's out there on what they call the cloud and YouTube, and so just uh, avail yourself to it. But we are in chapter 4, part 10 of the book of Romans today. Very uh, important things uh, here. Not that all of the Word of God is not important. It is of utmost importance uh, because it's what Jesus said. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that is because what God says is the only way that faith can come. It's when we hear, when we believe what God has said, faith comes. And when faith comes, faith overcomes. And, and faith allows God to impute righteousness to us. Faith allows God to uh, bring all the provision into our lives, initially saving us by grace through faith. But even after that, the rest of our lives as Christians, it's by grace through faith or we're outside of the box looking in and he's knocking on the door again wanting to get back in into fellowship with us because our fellowship with the Lord is by grace through faith. And so last week, I believe we stopped in verse 17. I think well, I know we talked about uh, verse 17 where the Bible says, As it is written, I have made thee, speaking of God talking to Abraham, a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Even though, uh, you know, God uh, would see things that were not. Obviously, Abraham was not a father of many nations in experience at the moment, but God saw what he would make Abraham, and God called those things that were not as though they were. And, you know, I know most a lot of the church today, and I, I speak from my own personal experience in the charismatic world that I was in and, 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 and a lot of the false Pentecostal. Pentecost is true if it's biblical, but most of what is Pentecostal today is unbiblical. And, and, and all that stuff will take these scriptures and they will twi twist them and, and begin to teach that now we can call those things that are not as though they were. Listen, you and I can't call anything into existence that's not unless it's what God says exists. You understand that? And, and, and just because you speak things don't mean that that's going to work for you because our faith doesn't come by speaking. Our faith comes by hearing. 
Amen. And when true faith does come, there will be a speaking, but there is never a speaking for faith to come. Faith doesn't come by speaking, but by hearing, Romans 10, 17. So don't take scriptures like this and think that you can just say, I'm not sick when you're sick, and it's going to work for you because it's not. Somebody said amen. If that were the case, then I could say right now, I have a million dollars. Boom, there it is on the table over there. Wow, we can build this and do that and give every inmate in the prison system uh, uh, expositor study by But that's not how it works. And as you read chapter 4, and this is very important for every person who is a Bible student, which should be ever Christian, you must be in the context of righteousness. Because in the Bible, every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8 tells us that. And so the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Therefore, the context of all God has ever said must first pass through Christ and Him crucified. The gospel, the message of the cross, for it to be legitimate, for it to be really understood, for it to be accepted, for it to be a, a word that can bring faith because if it's not in its righteous context, it can't bring faith. It can only bring flesh and flesh uh, will corrupt. Hallelujah. And uh, so we need to understand these things. So what God is talking about right here is absolutely tied to the gospel. Abraham becoming the father of many nations and through his seed, which God was referring to the coming Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the one that would take away the sin of the world. That's what this whole story is about. Abraham being the father of many nations, the father of all who would have faith in God. Think about that. It's not just God calling something into existence that didn't exist. It was God calling the redemptive plan of God into existence, calling those things that would be the fruit of the cross in his lives as though they were. Somebody got that this morning, didn't you? Praise God. Hallelujah. God only calls things that are not as though they were as they relate to Christ and what he did at Calvary. That means God knew that Abraham was a believer in the sacrificial system. God knew that he would be the father of many nations. He wasn't at the moment, but God called those things that were not as though they were because they would be. Hallelujah. And God knows that. And our faith in the redemptive plan of God allows us to walk in those things day after day where we grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're walking in things today, experiencing things today that we did not experience last year, two years ago, ten years ago. Nobody in the church is experiencing those things that God called into existence that at one time were not. The message of the cross, listen to me, is God declaring those things that are not as though they were. It looked like the defeat of Christ. And some teach that it was the defeat of Christ and that's why they're still defeated. But it was not. Things are not as though they appear. When Christ died on the cross, it looked like it was the end. It was over, but it was really the beginning. It looked like it was his defeat, but it was really his victory over all things. 
things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Things are not always as though they appear. And God calls things that do not appear to be certain things as though they were. And God, through the cross, was declaring His righteousness. Praise God. Romans 3, 25 and 26. It was the declaration. Listen to me today. The cross of Christ is the declaration of everything that did not exist for you that would exist because of your faith in that. Somebody said amen. I'm getting this today. Somebody's getting this today. It's not just going around saying I'm not sick when you're sick because you're lying now because you are sick. And you're going to be sick until you get well. And then you can say praise God he healed me. I'm well now. But you're not going to get well because you're walking around saying I'm healed. I'm well. You're not. It's not going to happen because God doesn't operate. God does not operate based on what we declare. God operates on what we believe he declares. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read that today. Verse 19, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded... And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, now we're going to read something. I'm going to show you something in the Word today that, that we all need to see and, 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 and just ponder upon this today. It's not an opinion. It's not a thought. I'm going to show you what I'm going to say in the Word. Watch this. Read verse 19 again. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead... When he was a hundred years old, neither the, yet the deadness of Sarah's womb when she was 99. But listen, he's talking about, let's read it again. You're going to catch this today. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred. But he wasn't thinking this, he wasn't thinking on these terms when he was 99 a year before and God appeared to him and told him what was going to happen. And I'm going to show you that in the book of Genesis today. He's talking about, let's read it again, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred. But let's look back in the scriptures and see what he thought at 99 a year earlier when God had brought this to him. And, and these things need to be balanced out. And while I'm thinking about it, while the Lord really is bringing it to my attention, you remember the Virgin Mary, she questioned the Lord. When the, when the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you're going to conceive and give birth and you're gonna, to, the, to the Savior of Israel and He's going to take away the sins of the world and you, the, what was declared to her. And she questioned the angel of the Lord and said, how can this be? I've not known a man. And let me tell you something today. It's okay to question God as long as it's not from a heart of unbelief. You remember uh, John the Baptist's daddy questioned the Lord in a heart of unbelief and God made him mute until his son was born. It's okay to question the Lord. Abraham, we're going to see it in Genesis chapter 17. Highlight it, write it down, turn in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. Listen to this. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, 
and give you a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Watch this now, verse 17, Genesis 17, 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Now he's 99 right here. It's a year earlier. Now remember what we read over here in Romans. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was 100. When he was 99, let's read it. Then Abraham fell on his, faith and la- on his face and laughed and said in his heart, his thinking. When the Bible says he said in his heart, that means and it proves that we do talk with our heart. And as many times in the New Testament, Jesus heard what they were saying in their hearts and dealt with them based on what they were saying in their hearts. And I need to say this today. God only looks on the heart. The lips on our face say lots of things, but God's listening to what our hearts are saying. We need to remember that. That's how intimate this relationship is that we have with Christ. He knows what we're thinking. He knows why we're thinking it. And a lot of times we don't even ponder as to why we're thinking thoughts. They just happen. Think about that, though. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety, ninety, I meant not ninety-nine, ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Abraham's still caught up on Ishmael. Ishmael's got to be the one. But watch what God says. And God said, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son indeed, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now God has to call those things again that are not as though they were. Because to God, everything already is. God's never started anything. He hasn't already finished. And Abraham, even though he's told by God, I'm going to give Sarah a child, he's still hung up on Ishmael. And God has to tell him, no, I'm going to give you another child through Sarah. His name, you're going to call him Isaac. And I'm going to establish my covenant (coughs) through him. Through him. So it took a little time, like it does for all of us, to get to the place where Abram got to. Verse 19 again in Romans chapter 4. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Think about that. And, 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 and our faith is strengthened the more we learn the Word of God. I want to bring this in. I brought it in yesterday's service about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that uh, thought it was over. Jesus, they thought He was the Messiah. This is in Luke 24. and They thought He was the Messiah, but He's gone, they think. and It's over. We thought He had been the one, but no. Their hearts are distressed. Their hearts are broken. Now they've got to look for another Messiah. But Jesus shows up to reveal to them uh, that he is. And the Bible says there in the 24th chapter of Luke that, and it says, did, to one another, they said, did our hearts not burn while he spoke with us? 
while He revealed the Scriptures to us. And let me tell you something, my friend. If you're looking for the fire of God, you're going to have to get back in the Word. You're going to have to expect God to speak to you according to the redemptive plan of God because He only speaks to people in these last days by His Son through His Spirit. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. He only speaks to us in these last days by His Son through His Spirit. And that is always going to be based on our faith in the redemptive plan of God. This whole story we're reading about Abraham right here is a story about Abraham having his faith in that which justifies the ungodly and the fruit of that faith bringing about uh, much good things in the plan and the will of God. Let's back up to verse 18 again and let's talk about something here. I've got highlighted in this verse. Who, who against hope? Abraham, the Bible says, believed in hope, against hope. I'm a hundred hundred years old. My wife is 90. What's up with this child stuff? You would fall on your face too and laugh. You would fall on your face too and with the heart question, how in the, this is not going, it was just like in his heart, this is not going to happen. That's when he could stand up and say, God, thanks for Ishmael. He's the one that's going to live before you. And God said, no, that's not what I'm calling for. I'm calling, I'm going to give you another seat, Isaac. But we can say things with our heart even though our lips are saying something different. Jesus declared that when men would gather around him. He said, you draw near me with your lips but your hearts are far away from me. We have to be careful not to play games with God and try to manipulate God because He's dealing with us based on what our hearts are saying to Him. And it's with our hearts that we believe unto righteousness through faith in His Word, or it's with the heart we reject God. Our lips can say, oh yes, God knows my heart, and oh yes, I'm doing the best I can. Oh yes, all these things. But God's not listening to these. He's listening to this. Who I really am has another voice a lot of times than what my lips declare. And that's that's biblical. You need to remember that in your relationship and walk with Jesus Christ because he's the Lord's listening to what you say to him with your heart. Amen. So watch this. The Bible says who against hope believed in hope. Now let's turn over and, and, and I've got a note here to read Romans 8 and 24. And the Bible says we're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? So Abraham had to believe in hope. And our hope is all based on the redemptive plan of God. The world has another hope. Like, I hope I win the lottery. I hope I win this. I hope this happens. No, our hope is secured in the redemptive plan of God. Our hope is secured because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is where we believe by faith is in hope. It's a place we believe in hope. And and it tells us that there, Abraham, who against hope, it doesn't look like I'll ever be free from drugs. It doesn't look like I'll ever be able to live for God according to the way. It doesn't look like all hope is against me. But God says if you'll place your faith in who I am and what I did for you at the cross, that is your hope. 
That is where you will find what I've called you as who you can be, who you are, what you can have. It doesn't appear right now that way to you. Like it didn't appear to Abraham he would be the father of many nations, that he would have another seed when he was 100 years old. It just didn't appear that that was possible. But we look to Calvary and we see God's love, mercy, and grace, and we see God calling those things through Jesus and what he did at Calvary that are not as though they will be. That's why when we come to Christ, we receive a salvation that we did not have. We receive a love from God that we did not have. God calls everything into being that will be that is not through what He would do in His Son at, at Jesus Christ at the cross. Hallelujah. Because all this dealing with Abraham right here is all about the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. The cross is how God calls those things that are not as though they were. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's good news. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That'll make a mummy shout. Hallelujah. Watch this. But he believed in hope. But look at verse 18. Against hope. That means against the way things appeared. I'm a hundred. It's got to be nuts for this me to be thinking this. But you know what? Listen to what it says. Who against hope believed in hope. How did he do it? That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Genesis 15, 5. He'd received that word from God. And our faith exists because we've heard the word. If our faith is not faith in the word of God in the redemptive context, which is the only avenue that God has spoken every word in righteousness, the only place that righteousness is found is in God's redemptive plan, whether it's the first time we manifest faith from the heart under righteousness for the status, or it's after 50 years our faith is in the cross right now, not the purpose driven, not the government of 12, not the words we speak, not the money we give, the church we go to, not anything we do in what Christ did. And if that's where our faith is alone, absolutely, exclusively, the only place our faith is, then those things that are not, they weren't, they begin to be in our lives. The, the, everything that the cross manifests that was not begins to be in our lives. It's called the fruits of righteousness, His righteousness. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it only happens if we're believing in hope according to the Word of God that's been spoken to us. Praise God. Watch this. And, and being not weak in faith, verse 19, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither did he consider Sarah's womb to be dead. Think about that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And some might say, well... He must, he must have staggered because he went and, you know, he had, he had, he had gone and, and uh, gotten Hagar. His wife, Sarah, offered him Hagar, her handmaid, so they could have a child because it appeared it wasn't going to happen. See, we got to be careful 
if, about it, us thinking that something God said is not going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen, my friend. And if God's offering you anything, and He is offering you everything through your faith in the grace of God, which is what God did in Christ at Calvary. And if that's where your faith is, the manifestation of what took place there is going to be manifest in your life. In your life. Abraham staggered at the way it was going to happen, but he didn't stagger at the promise. He believed God it was going to happen. But he, 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 he might have thought it was at one time it was going to be through Ishmael. He did think that. And he might have had other thoughts, but he never staggered at the promise. And I believe that's where the church is as a whole today. They, they know there's a last day's move of God. They know that God has promised a last day's outpouring of His Spirit, that He was going to touch all the world again. And, and But we got to be careful not to go outside the perimeters of the redemption plan of God, which is outside of simple faith in the cross, and go try to make it happen. Because that's what Abraham did. That's what most of the church is doing right now for the great revival they want, for the, <coughs> for, the, for the great whatever they're looking for, the great move of God. You can't go outside the perimeters of the redemptive plan of God. You cannot move your faith from the cross. And we have done that as a church all over the world. Books are written that it's a 21-day fast, that it's a 40-day this, or it's a purpose-driven in this. No, it's the cross of Christ. He did it all and declared it finished right there. We can't do things to, to, to add to that. We can't do things to build upon that. That is the finished work of Christ, of God right there at Calvary. And when we believe in that, then all the things that may not be right now will come into being because God is still calling those things that are not as though they were if our faith is tied to the cross. Not our faith is tied to what we speak or our faith is tied in what we're giving in the offerings. If our faith is tied to the redemptive plan of God, then God is still declaring those things that are not as though they were. He did that, Romans 3, 25 and 26. The Bible plainly says that Christ laying his life down at Calvary was God declaring, God de says it twice, God declaring his righteousness. The cross is the declaration of all the things that God desires for people that are not until they come his way. Amen. Watch this now. He staggered not, verse 20, chapter 4, Romans, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He got to a place where his faith was strong, strengthened faith daily, and God wants to do that for you. But it's going to only happen, uh, you're just not going to wake up and your faith is strengthened because you're doing stuff. No, your faith is strengthened as you continue to believe the Word of God. And that's what God does to strengthen our faith. Remember Genesis 17? He receives the promise and Abraham and Abraham still says, Okay, Ishmael will live before me all the, day, all the days... And God said, no. What does God do? God brings a more specific word. But notice what the word was. No, I'm going to give you a seed. His name is going to be Isaac. And I'm going to establish my, here it comes, my covenant with him. The only thing that God is mindful of today, you need to hear me, is his covenant. He's forever mindful of his covenant. 
And the only way that he's forever mindful of his people is if they're involved in his covenant. Remember at the great white throne judgment, those that rejected the covenant, which is simple faith in the sacrifice of Christ, those that rejected that will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and he will tell them, I don't know who you are. Because God is mindful of His covenant and He's mindful of His people because His people are those who come to Him by way of His covenant. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a lot that could be said about that right there. And verse 21 says, And being fully persuaded that what He had promised, He was able also to perform. And remember this, God only performs that which pertains to His covenant. God's not working outside of His covenant because His covenant, Jesus said at the Last Supper with His disciples before He was crucified, He said, this is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant in my blood. Think about that now. God doesn't operate outside of His covenant and the new covenant is in the blood of Christ. Psalms 33, 4 goes so well with what we're talking about today. For the word of the Lord is right in all His works. Somebody say, all His works are done in truth. The truth is Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. Without this last part, the cross, He's nothing to us. Nothing. The cross is how He becomes everything to us. The cross is how Jesus becomes everything that was not to us. We were not a people of God through Christ and His work at Calvary. We've become a people of God. Not for us to start calling things that are not as though they were, but for us to keep our faith in the cross or those things that are not maybe right now experiential to us will become an experience for us because God is still calling all the fruit of Calvary, though it is not an experience for us right now, as though it will be an experience for us if that's where our faith remains. Somebody said amen. So Abraham is fully persuaded. He's fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's able to do it. Amen. We need to think about scriptures such as Romans 8.32. If God spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up on that cross for all of us, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? And somebody said, praise God. That means all things. That means whatever you're after today, whatever you have need of today, whatever it is, it's got you troubled and hurting your soul, oppressed, depressed, trodden down, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, foul mouth, pornography, got chains wrapped around you and you're crying out, look to the cross and you will find yourself eventually walking in a place that you were not walking before. Look to the cross because the cross is God's declaration of all things that are not as though they are. The cross looked like what it was not, but what it is we see. Let me say it again. It looked like the end, but it was the beginning. It looked like Christ's defeat, but it was Christ's victory. It looked like it was over, but it was just getting started. Hallelujah. It looked like 
the devil won, but the devil actually had his power of death stripped away from him. It looked totally different because God was calling it something different than what man was calling it. Man was calling it the, that being afflicted because a man was cursed of God, but God was sending his son because he loved us, laying his life down for us because he loved us, and the spirit of God loves us so much, he just keeps pointing back to that story. And if you'll just keep your faith there and come out from among those that's pointing to everything and all of those what they call good books and good things, and you'll just look to Calvary, you'll find yourself walking in those things that weren't because God has called them into being. And God imputes righteousness to Abraham based on him being fully, fully persuaded by faith in that God was able to do what God said. If you need a healing in your body, I want you just to look to the cross and listen. Don't just imagine a dead man hanging there. Imagine Jesus dying and representing you so that you could be dead to who you were and be a new creation in him and now have access through your faith in the cross right now faith in the cross. Don't look back, see how weak your faith was. Look at your faith now. If it's in the cross, it's where it needs to be so that God can bring those things that have not been that He says are into your life. Praise be to God. That's good stuff. We're out of time. Man, I could sit here all day, glory to God. Get fired up when you talk about Jesus and what God has offered through Him at the cross. It's everything. Hallelujah. What you're struggling with right now, if you keep looking to Jesus and what he did at Calvary, you're going to find yourself out of that struggle. You might find yourself in a new struggle, but then you'll know the answer. Just keep looking unto Jesus who authored and finished your faith at Calvary. Glory to God. Praise God. I'm glad you tuned in. You're with us today. Share these teachings on social media with somebody. Tell them about the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Help us do what we're doing here here at Crossway Church. Uh, donate at our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Donate. Help us get these expositor study Bibles into the hands of inmates. Help us with our church plan in Wichita Falls, Texas, where we'll be January, February, and March, the second weekend there. Uh, pray for us most of all, and God bless you. We'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.